So Taylor found a picture of a Chinese food box that had been unfolded that looks like it's a quasi-functional plate. Yeah, I think it could work. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks. I, I'm. I don't know. I, I guess the only way to find out is to do field research and go order more Chinese food to see if it if it comes together. I I love. Must be hard on you. I love finding out things like that i don't know what it is like wait how did how did i get to be 50 years old and not know that you can unfold that box and it becomes a plate i feel like these are the things they should teach in school yeah uh daniel win um in the travis and sliwa community sent a picture of what looks like lo mein noodles in an unfolded box and i gotta say it does look functional yeah i, I did i do you have any of those like little secret little hacks no i i'm i'm now I, honestly i'm kind of taken aback by this <laughs> Because I've been eating Chinese food for a long, long time. And you're eating it out of a box like a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like eating it out of the box, of though. Well, you know why? Because you can get into the corners with that spoon and you can get every last spoon. little kernel of rice. Oh, yeah. I mean, once you get to the bottom of the box, okay. you're not going right. to take out the last kernel of rice with chopsticks. You'll be there all day. I'm reasonably adept with okay. chopsticks. Okay. But to a grain of rice or two? I don't know. There's, there's something cool looking eating straight out of the the box with the chopsticks uh-huh. like there's something i think that like looks aesthetically cool like there are movies that i've seen characters that i associate with cool doing that so there's a coolness factor attached to it there's something i don't know why but there's kind of zen about doing it that way so here's this is why they're both a correct tool and something that i choose to not use occasionally when i'm eating things that may you know with sushi i always use them but like chinese food for instance sometimes i'll just go fork or spoon or whatever mm-hmm. it is the reason it's a good idea is it slows you down you, you you have to be more deliberate in your actions of using these things and i like to eat as fast as humanly possible i like to have like a cloud of dust when i'm done and i can't get that done with chopsticks really no i can't i can't i am I'd give myself a C plus with them. I can use them, but I can't just tear through. They force so they force you to take your time in a way that, frankly, you're not comfortable. With. Yes, I, I would like. To, it's still sitting on the plate. Why is it not in my mouth? Why is it not inside where I need it to be? You know, it's it, still sitting there. Maybe this is a cultural thing. Now that I think about it, um, or it's just specific to my wife and her family. She and her mom eat way slower than I do. Like they eat really, really slow, and I don't know if that is a like Mexican, Mexican American cultural thing, or that's just me eating fast. She sometimes just moves slow, period. So maybe it's it's more her. I tend to eat quicker sometimes because I'm just eating while multitasking. Sure, but also because like I I want it while it's still hot. Sure, and things can cool down really quickly. Yes. But all good, all good reasons. But that is something I've noticed, though. She she eats, and her mo- I'm like her mother could spend like an hour and a half on one plate. No, she goes. <laughs> she takes a too long. while. Did you know that if you take the uh, tab on a can of soda or and you f- turn it around, it's a little holder for your straw? Did you know that the little opening in the end? No, but yep. I don't use straws. Neither do I, but I like seeing that. I like I like the design that was involved in saying, you know what? If we punch a hole through the backside, people that are straw people, it'll sit there snugly and not knock around. That is interesting. Yeah. I did not know. That. I want more of these. If anybody knows more of these, your Chinese food box will turn into a plate. Hit us up. Let's try a quick phone call here. Let's go to downtown and. John. John, you're on with uh, Trav and Andy. What's going on? Hey, Heather, I called earlier when you were talking about LeBron and like whether he's a Laker and all that. You know, I was pretty lukewarm. I'm a longtime fan. 
But I got to admit, man, this season has really sold me on LeBron. He's put his head down. He could have made things really difficult for the organization, but he kind of sat back and said, let Rob do his job. He shows up to work. He's, like, putting on a show every night. And we got a sleeping giant in this team. Uh, thank you. Love you guys. Thanks, John. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I, I don't – to say that he sat back and let him do his job, maybe. I Just because – we don't see it doesn't mean it's not no. happening. He offered he offered public suggestions yes. on how to do his job. Yes. Like, you know, he was not being openly critical and like openly holding LeBron, I mean holding Palinka's feet to the fire. Like his first season with the Lakers when LeBron made it really clear, ship these kids out and get me Anthony Davis now. Yeah. Like that that was done in a way that it disrupted the locker room. I was around that team a lot. Yeah. That had a bad effect. Well, you look at this team, and when Kyrie Irving was it two weeks ago or so, just kind of, and I don't want to say out of nowhere because nothing's out of nowhere. Either everything or nothing is out of nowhere with Kyrie. Take your pick. Um, I want out of here. The Lakers were obviously near the top of the list of of potential destinations. It's the the destination that I think Kyrie preferred. And when it didn't go down, LeBron was very not not even like hinting at his dissatisfaction that it didn't happen he basically said yeah that was a bummer that that didn't go down he, he's not just sitting there quietly saying okay i'll play with whoever you give me he's he's still working the right room. but as far as him not openly complaining about it or being openly disruptive it probably helped that palinka made some really significant moves at the deadline like i i think we would have heard more open dissatisfaction from lebron if the trade deadline passed and the Lakers did nothing significant at all, and I would understand where he was coming from. You know, wh- whether I think something like, I- I'm not in favor of bringing in Kyrie on a long-term deal. No. Or, but the idea that this would pass and you would do nothing, it's like, well, your offseason plan better be nails. Because otherwise, what are we doing? The 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 moves that they made and the price that they paid to make them felt that you, you kind of miraculously split that hair perfectly. I think Rob Palinka did incredible work. That you got better without paying a premium to do it. You you had to pay something, you don't you know, but it wasn't like here's everything we're ever gonna have to bring in something that may or may not help. This was here's some of the things we have for something that is very likely to help, but also will help us be better next year and potentially give us optionality beyond that. It was it was the first thing I've seen them do in a very long time that wasn't right in front of their face that wasn't let's let's fix it today we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow this helps us today but it also gives us a little bit of runway in the future well here here's going to be the ultimate test in in the idea of you said like they didn't have to pay a lot will they commit to d'angelo russell long term or rui hachimura long term you know maybe decline malik beasley's team option to come into a longer deal because those are the type of players that the Lakers have not committed to in a while. Like they've been very unwilling to commit long term to anybody who is not a bona fide star. And that's a really limited way to go about team building. So they have a real opportunity this offseason to show that they are thinking about everything that comes with team building, not just collecting the stars. Do do you think that what they do between now and the end of their season, whenever that is, if, if they let's say, I mean, there, there's a million you could say they don't get into the play-in, they get in the play-in and lose, they get into the play-in and win, they get into the playoffs and lose, they get into the playoffs and win a round, and how many? I mean, there's a million different 
end games to this, does how far into those options they get de- determine what you were talking about, determine whether... Because let's say they do all of these, and it's not likely, but it's certainly possible that they don't even get into the plan, that they've made all these... So do we really want to run that back? Or can you tell yourself, listen, these guys were here for five minutes. We never got a chance to integrate the, the, this into a cohesive team. Give us an offseason. Give us a full season. This is going to be a pretty darn good team. Or it is entirely dependent on how far they go. Okay, assuming that LeBron and AD stay available for the rest of the season, there's 23 games left, let's just say the supporting cast stays healthy. What did they look like? Because they're, they may be too far gone down this path to get themselves either into the play-in or to win that play. Like, they may have one opportunity to win a play-in game. You know, right. they have to win two in a row. They could might need to win two, right? Right, so... You know, good teams can lose two games in a row. Like, mm-hmm. that can happen. Or good teams can lose one game. What did they look like? Did they look like a legitimate team? If they looked like a legitimate team, they should give consideration to bringing them back, regardless of the outcome, because they created this situation in a place of disadvantage. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can't judge it purely on the outcome. That's a bad way to go about framing it. All right, so there is some bad news regarding Clayton Kershaw that I think is actually very, very good news for Dodger fans. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey guys, so I don't know if you guys saw the news, but uh, Travis Kelsey was announced that he's going to host SNL on March 4th. I did see that. So uh, he's going to join kind of a um, long list of athletes who have hosted SNL. So I kind of want to throw out there a kind of game where you have to say whether or not this person hosted SNL. So I'm going to list a athlete and you have to say whether or not they hosted SNL. Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to start off with. Hmm. Hmm. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Andy Roddick. Did Andy Roddick host SNL? I'm fairly certain he did. I'll go with yes. Taylor? Yes. Yes, he did yeah. host SNL. What about... He was a big deal. Yeah, Andy, he had Andy a moment. Roddick. He yeah. had a moment. And by the way, yeah. where he had his biggest moment, New York City, U.S. Yep. Open, bam. Kind of works. Yep. Uh, what about... Scotty Pippen. Did Scotty Pippen host SNL? No, and it probably eats him alive that Jordan did it and he never did. Just one more thing that Michael Jordan got to do that Scotty Pippen, nobody thought he could do on his own. I'm going to say no to Scotty. Scotty doesn't strike me as Mr. Charisma, but I, I no, I, I'm going to say no. Taylor? I think yes. 
He did not host SNL, mm. so that is, that is a uh, no on that. So let's see. Hmm. Let's go with Magic Johnson. Did Magic Johnson host SNL? I don't think so. I, I, I don't remember Magic being on Saturday Night Live. And when Magic would have been the host of Saturday, like when Magic was at the peak of his athletic stardom, I was pretty plugged into Saturday Night Live in, in that era. So I'm going to say no. No, I don't recall him ever. Yeah. Doing no. Yes, he has not hosted SNL, but who played him on SNL? Like as a who the it, character, like a, yes, one of the most cast members. Recently, what cast member has played Magic? Johnson? I don't know the new cast. I'm at all. just going to play the numbers here because he's been there forever, and they typically don't have a bunch of black cast members. Keenan Thompson. Ding ding ding. Yeah, has been <laughs> that's just, that's just the <laughs> process of Inter- elimination. Interestingly, he also played Levar Ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Yep. Amazingly played yes, he did, Lamar actually. Ball. He yes, let's good. let's give Keenan Thompson his credit. All right, what about Brett Favre? Has Brett Favre Ooh. hosted SNL? Ooh. Andy, would you like to go first? I'm going to say no. <sighs> Favre has Favre had a moment too where he was one of the biggest sports stars in the country. I don't remember it, but it feels like something he would have done. I'm going to say yes. Okay, yes, Taylor? I think yes. He has not hosted ah, SNL, Andy but who played Brett Favre in Keenan a commercial <laughs> <laughs> about making fun of his Wrangler jeans commercial? Bill Hader. Uh, Andy Samberg? Nope. Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis right, played right. uh, Brett Favre in that. Okay. Favre ain't going to be hosting it anytime soon. <laughs> be careful. He'll sue uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, J.J. Um, Watt. Has J.J. Watt <laughs> J. J. Watt hosted SNL? Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. And I think he's the most recent athlete to host okay. SNL. He was the most recent, actually, well, he's the most recent NFL player to host SNL. Let me go with Simone Biles. Has Simone Biles hosted SNL? This is a total guess. Yeah. I, I have no idea either. Um, sure. I, I, no, no, I'm going to try to catch Andy. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Taylor? I say yes, she has. She is not hosting yeah. SNL. <laughs> all right, oh. all right. Robbing right. Keenan Thompson of a role <laughs> of a lifetime. <laughs> all right, what about John Madden? Has John Madden hosted SNL? So this kind of goes with what we were talking about yesterday, that Tom Brady's producing a biopic of um, John Madden's life. I think one of the reasons that that's such a good idea is not just because John Madden has this really remarkable thing of being remarkably famous yet not well known, if you understand what I'm getting, like the distinction between the two. You put up John Madden's face, I think most people, and certainly people of a certain age, will know who he is. If you said, What do you know about him other than he was a football coach, broadcaster, and video game pioneer? I don't know. He rode the bus. Like he's, he's kind of an unknowable guy, or at least it seems that way. Doesn't seem like something you would do. It's a long way of saying, I don't think he did it. I want to live in a world where he did, so I'm going to say yes. I say no. He did host yeah! SNL. Oh, he did. I, that that sounds interesting. <laughs> like I feel like John Madden could never not be John Madden. Right. I mean, they probably don't want him to be anything other than John Madden. <laughs> okay, I have one more. Bill Russell. Has Bill Russell hosted SNL? The Dodger shortstop from the 70s and 80s? <laughs> no. Has Bill Russell hosted SNL? Yeah, just to be clear, we're talking NBA Bill Russell. Yes, yeah. we are talking NBA Bill oh, Russell. Oh, then I need to maybe reconsider. <laughs> yes, he has. Okay. 
Travis, uh, and Andy's ahead of me by one. Yeah. So I have to say no. Okay, Taylor. No. He has hosted yes. us now. Uh, Andy, just, All right, so Andy I, wins. Okay, uh, unsolicited plug, um, and this will be coming out, I believe, next week. My conversation with the director of the Netflix documentary that's out now on Bill Russell. Oh. It's a two-parter. It's actually really good. It's, it's really interesting. Gets into a lot of stuff about his personal life and some really interesting things I didn't know. The director's name, I believe, is Sam Pollard that I interviewed. But I'm pretty Where is the interview going to live? It's going to live on the Locked on Lakers podcast. Right. Uh, it's available five days a week anywhere you get your podcast, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Is there a YouTube component? There is, Travis, a YouTube component. Um, but I believe that actually came up in the documentary because this is one of the things I had no idea about this. Bill Russell, basically when, when his time with the Celtics ended, he left his family in Boston mm. and moved to Los Angeles. Like he left them behind. Was he alienated from them or just it was just I think choice. he alienated himself okay. from them. Like he ended up getting divorced from his wife. He, he had a few marriages and then – I would assume this caused some friction with his children sure. that he left in Boston. But he kind of went on this, I don't know if it was a personal quest as much as just looking for something completely different, needing to be away mm. from his family. But he went to an entirely different coast while at the time still married with kids. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It, it's a really interesting documentary. Yeah, and the interview. I, that's, Thank uh, you. I'm, I'm, you you've, that's a very successful tease andy Thank on you. both the doc and the interview um all right so here's clayton kershaw news uh the world baseball classic we're getting close to starting that um th this i'll circle back to this let me give you the news first uh bob nightingale on twitter clayton kershaw bows out of the wbc calls it super disappointing uh juan torabio uh tweets Dodgers Clayton Kershaw said he won't be able to play for Team USA. He's completely healthy. Mentioned he's, quote, bummed and frustrated that he can't participate. Okay. I get it. Clayton, as far as the things that Clayton Kershaw needs to accomplish in the world of baseball, he's checked every box that there is. If this is something he's dying to do, okay, fine, whatever. If Clayton Kershaw wants to do it, he can. I'm glad that he's not. The WBC, the World Baseball Classic, Emily didn't know it existed until this morning. Okay, and she's uh, she stepped. I think she's twenty six. Okay, so it's a twenty six year old person who works in sports, loves sports, didn't know this thing existed until the last day or two. All right, I'm a baseball fan. I have watched the World Baseball Classic. I can't tell you the team that won the last time they did this or the time before that. I don't know. It, it the, the point being, it's not a particularly prestigious or important event yet. Maybe you could argue that they're trying to build something. Clayton Kershaw every year breaks down somewhere around May or June, then breaks down again somewhere around late July, early August, and then you cross your fingers and hopes he gets to the finish line in October, right? The last thing he needs is to be throwing super competitive pitches in February, March, and, and, and at that point in the schedule. It's just for who, for what. This is not the Olympics. This is not something that everybody – it's not the World Cup. It is – I know it's trying to be, but it's just not. So why would somebody at this stage in his career – I don't say why, but I'm happy that somebody at this stage in his career isn't going to do that because I don't care if the Americans win the World Baseball Classic or not. I do care if the Dodgers win the World Series. Full disclosure – I know what the World Baseball Classic is, but I don't know what the World Baseball Classic is. Like I, real I know it exists. 
I assume it is a tournament of sorts. It's the World Cup for baseball. Okay. That's what they're trying to create. I have absolutely no idea what it is other than the fact that it exists. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is more prestigious in baseball circles that I'm aware of. It's not. Okay. Well, then in that case, it holds nothing to a World Series. (laughs) It, It just doesn't. It's a blessing in disguise. I want the Dodgers to win the World Series. Uh, if the Americans win the World Baseball, cool. Like the 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 idea of Mike Trout playing for the American team, which he is, facing off against Shohei Otani from the Japanese team, which he's going to play for. That's cool. Uh, what, I, what, what's the, the you know what? other than one guy gets to chirp at the other guy in the in the clubhouse? There's really no. I can watch that highlight on Twitter, and I'll be just fine. Yeah. And Mike Trout, unfortunately, doesn't need to worry about. The postseason. Well, these might be the biggest games Mike Trout ever plays in. Right. I mean, this may be his World Series. This is really, really important to Mike Trout. And like you said during the break, we can watch them face each other next season when Otani's on a different team. Well, that was actually Bergman. Bergman was the one who said (laughs) that. Credit where credit's due. Bergman said that. Now, this is one of these. And look, Mike Trout wants to play in the great Otani. Go do your thing, and this goes back to like world. Uh, what, what's the FIBA championships in basketball? Right, every sport. The ho- hockey has their Olympic tournament. It's fine, but there are some of these things that hold a certain level of prestige. Like the World Cup, for instance, is the most prestigious of it. It's more prestigious than the EPL or any of the other international. Yeah. That's the one you want. This is not the one you want. And if something happened to one of these guys, I, I just. I, I get it. Something could happen to them crossing the street, opening their mail. I I understand. Right, but they didn't go out of their way to open the mail, and they didn't open the mail like in the equivalent <laughs> at I guess, exertion. Speed. Right, the equivalent exertion of throwing hundred miles an hour. Like they just opened the mail. Is there the, the World Cup? And I, like I'm not pretending I'm a World Cup person. We just did that a couple of week months or so ago. But I get it. I get why it's important to other people. Is that the only non-league, air quotes, thing that's bigger than the leagues themselves? Is that the only Because the Olympics have completely lost their fastball when it comes to this stuff. And even like the World Track and Field Championships is more prestigious Well, the Olympics, Olympics is basically, other than for basketball or basically other than sports that have leagues, the Olympics is the only place where you do some of these sports at a high visible level at all. Like... To the best of my knowledge, there is no curling league that competes with the Olympics in the terms Anaheim of stature. Anaheim rink down at the Great Park. There is a curling league, and I've considered throwing my hat in the ring. You know it's what I mean? The like the peak of gymnastics. It's the peak of track. Yes. Yeah, sense. exactly. Baseball does not qualify there. No. Basketball does not qualify there. No. Clayton Kershaw, I'm sorry that you are bummed and disappointed. I'm very glad that you will not be throwing those pitches against Team you know, Cuba in a game that – at the end of the day, eh. No. Just just really not there. And he can get back to spring training I mean, and answer questions about sign stealing. My my biggest concern, honestly, with this thing with Kershaw is, okay, the reason that he decided not to do it, how much is that going to linger? He says he's 100% healthy. He says okay. he's 100% healthy. But okay. 100% healthy for him, I believe him. But I also know that it is it is a temporary state for him. Yes. That, he, that being a 100% healthy is – Look, how many how many starts do you want Clayton Kershaw to make? 20? Sounds about right to me. I'm okay with him taking two extended breaks during the season. I don't, that's fine. He doesn't need to win a Cy Young. He doesn't need to do any of these things. Be Clayton it Kershaw. It just would be nice if October. it wasn't his back. 
It's always the back, and your back never gets better. It doesn't. But I, look, Clayton Kershaw was pitched well in the playoffs for the Dodgers last year. I know. He, he's he's been good. I I'm not calling. It, I'm not saying anything, Andy. I'm just saying. I'm not so sure it's the back or the toe or the elbow or the hair or what. It's one of those. Hey, I'm gonna go chill for a couple. I'm just. I got good. so many bullets in my gun. I'm gonna. Go but he sit doesn't want to just minute. say it. Right. He it's can't because, just say. He it. can't say it. It's it's only. You know. I woke slept funny. Well, it, it, it's you know. Everybody understands that. Okay. Everybody understands that. Factor Cap coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey guys, Travis, when are you going to post that selfie you took with uh, Tiger Woods? Um, I believe that <laughs> that has gone to my social media team and okay, okay. Uh, it will be posted at the appropriate time. <laughs> Tiger is happens to be in the photo, so yep. he's like literally right there. But I think it was actually a pretty good selfie. Of it yours. was like it was a it was a bit of a like a drive by for lack of a better word. I was uh, between the eighth green and ninth tee yesterday. And I positioned myself to knew where he was either going to come down kind of the right side of the the lane or the left side. I was on the right side. He chose the left. So I got a little blocked on some of it, but he's in the picture. So it was essentially a selfie reverse photo bomb. Yes, that's exactly what it was. But he's in it. And so am I. I got a lot of face. There's a lot of Travis face in that picture. <laughs> All right, so uh, Paul Rudd's having a great week. He had his Kansas City Chiefs win, and he has his new uh, movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, come out this week. So he's been doing his like rounds in the press tour. So he was on BBC One uh, this week talking to their host. About- I prefer BBC Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> BBC <the> Ocho. <laughs> so... So they were taking. David uh, Kent hates my British accent. <laughs> does he? He hates it so much. Blacken your boots, Governor. <laughs> well, that's more Cockney. Spa tea. That's very. That's very specifically Cockney. <laughs> Thank you. So they were accepting a call, and so this is the call uh, to Paul Rudd. Caller is on the line now. What is your question for like Agony Antman, please? Hiya, hiya, Paul. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Um, hi. I just I wanted to pick your brains. So what would you do if you had a really, like a really good mate, like, you know, for over 20 years? Yeah. Like, and then this friend, yeah, he doesn't live in England, but he's come to England and he hasn't told you about it. And then not only has he not told you about it, he's come on to a radio show. What, what would you do? Oh, my God. I know. Oh, no. Would you be offended? Personally, if it's me, absolutely not. <laughs> I tend to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Caller number four, reveal yourself, please. Hi, Paul. It's Olivia Coleman. 
All right, so Olivia Coleman, his long-term, long-time friend, called into the show to prank him and, uh, you know, give him kind of crap That's great. That's for not stuff. saying that he was in the country. So um, you have to tell your friend if you're in their city. Travis, fetter cap. Cap. Uh, cap, cap, cappy cap. It's Look, I if I'm coming to your city and I want to see you, I'll reach out. And Or if I have time to see you, I'll reach out. Because here, here's what happens if you feel like you have to do it. I'm coming through Chicago for a day. I've got uh, a cousin in Chicago that I'm very close with, and I'd like to see him. But I'm not going to have time to do what I would like to do with why I'm there in the first place. And if they know I'm coming through, now I'm obligated to hook up, and it ruins the reason I'm there to begin with. So better to come in down and dirty, get out and say, oh, man, we missed each other, than to say, hey, and now i got to go grab a drink or a lunch or something like that. So I'm going to I'm gonna go in on Well, a situation like that where you legitimately can't do it, then I would let that cousin know. And just say, look, my schedule is jam-packed. I'm basically meetings, meetings, meetings. But like, if you see that I'm the there. Plane, but, I, but I, I'll come by your hotel whenever you're done. doesn't matter. Just I'd let them know. I won't be at a hotel, whatever. I just wanted you to know that I thought about you, but I, I've tried to figure out a way to see you. I can't. But that way, you don't have to hear about the idea that you didn't reach out to them at all. Um, as far as the idea that you're obligated... You're not obligated, but it is going to be awkward if that person found out that you were there. Like, I've dealt with that before. Could you just tell the lie, though? I heard you were out of town. <laughs> like, I, I reached out to mutual acquaintance. They told me you were Yeah, but in then you got to get Lexington. that mutual acquaintance in on it. <laughs> make him up. Well, it's got, just no, dig the hole deeper. But you can't, you can't make up a mutual acquaintance. <laughs> You can't do that. That's what mutual means. They the, both know the, that. This is why you like always apologize, ask for forgiveness, not for permission, right? Hey, I, oh yeah, man, I should have reached out. My bad. I was in and out so quick. I don't think it would have worked out anyway. Sure, but all I'm saying is it creates a a potential for awkwardness. Get over it. <laughs> Cap, there's there's about three people that I would feel like a bad friend if I didn't let them know, but everybody else, it's on a need to know basis. Now, maybe a little different if it's like a really unusual location, right? Like if you have a cousin that lives in Tunisia, Tunisia, good, good, good spot. Tulsa. And you're, you have a layover in, in Tunisia. Tulsa, I said. I think you said Folsom. <laughs> Tulsa, Folsom. It's, it's I got to be honest. If you happen other. to be in Folsom and you don't visit your family. <laughs> like That's what I mean. That's like, like a it, bad family an member. An exotic location like Folsom, as Taylor suggested, <laughs> uh, then you probably need to do it. But yeah. if you're just going through a major city that you're going to touch occasionally, yeah. don't have to. I was also impressed by Olivia's uh, uh, accent. She she did a good job of disguising herself. I thought you were going to say you were impressed with my accent because as far <laughs> as I could tell, there was indistinguishable from one right. another. So there was a long uh, feature article in the ESPN today about uh, Chiefsaholic, who is a diehard Chiefs fan who goes to every game, uh, spends a ton of money on the Chiefs, but he happens to get his fortune by robbing banks. So... If As you, one does. Yes, of course. If you had robbing banks money, you would buy <laughs> tickets funny. to your favorite sports team. Andy, factor cap. You know what? You don't make as much money typically robbing banks. How would at, you know, Andy? <laughs> like risk reward isn't, the, yeah. From what I've read before, the risk reward for robbing banks. They catch almost all of them. Well, they catch you, but also you don't get nearly as much as I think people expect. Like, People, I think, sometimes picture this as like the Ocean's Eleven style hall. <laughs> the vault at the Bellagio. Right. Like, you know, very often you're, as again, as is my understanding, you're kind of in and out. 
And unless you're like a professional thief, like a Neil McCauley in Heat, like somebody who knows exactly what to go for, you might go in back and hit certain of like the security boxes, things like that. Just getting the till is not nearly as advantageous financially as I think a lot of people assume. Trev? Uh, no, I, you know, I, uh, no, I would spend it on other things. I would not get Dodger season tickets with my bank robbery haul. <laughs> I would, I would spend it other places. Taylor? How is this guy public about his bank robbing? And he got still- caught. Oh, he got yeah. caught. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, because Chief Zaholic stopped showing <laughs> yeah. up to things. He was posting TikToks. <laughs> People were wondering about it, and yeah, he got. Hey, caught. y'all! About to go into this <laughs> bank. You watch, watch me put on the mask and got my little wig. No, because he wears a he does wear a mask when he goes to the games. He has this like big wolf. Mask Hashtag robbery. <laughs> So I picture every hey y'all, just every TikTok. Get ready with like me to it. rob a bank. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Taylor. But yeah, I go, I go. Fact, I would spend it on you know Kings games. <laughs> buy the Kings. All right, way so. easier way to get a Kings ticket, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Taylor, that's Taylor. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so um, there's a growing amount of people who are uh, trying to do this thing called a five to nine before my nine to five. So like. So again, it's on TikTok of people being productive in the morning before they go to work. So you are not productive in the morning. Taylor, Fetter Cap. I'm semi-productive. I usually go on a run before work. Um, does that count? Sure. Yeah, that's productive. Yeah. Fact. Trav? Yeah, I'm good in the mornings. I, I get stuff done. Um, I, I'm far less productive after work than I am before it. Because when, once you're up, Let's go. Let's go. Let's get stuff done, especially early in the morning when you're not getting bombarded with the stuff that bombards us all throughout the day. Like before nine, not a lot's typically happening. Um, yeah, I love the morning productivity. Look, if you have a kid, you have no choice yep. but to be productive in the morning. Like I, I am up doing things, handling stuff, putting out fires, setting your wife's schedule, setting my wife's <laughs> schedule. Like you know, I I get more done before eight a.m. than most people do all day. <laughs> Sergeant Kamenetsky. Yes, I really do. (laughs) All right, so this has been a debate with my friends this week because I was was telling them about the cauliflower chicken, Chick fil A chicken sandwiches they're trying to. uh, They're making the patty out of like cauliflower. Yeah, Yeah. and then um, they, my friends are big stands of the cauliflower, like buffalo cauliflower stuff. Anyway, so you can never get cauliflower things to actually taste like the thing that they are emulating. So it's always tastes like cauliflower. It doesn't taste like buffalo chicken dip or whatever else. Travis, factor cap. Uh, I I want the one that is cauliflower's disgusting. I want that lane. Is <laughs> fact. that fact? That's fact. fact. Okay. There are basically two things on earth I won't eat. I'll, I'll eat almost everything. Cauliflower is one of the two things. Really? I just, I just can't. It's gritty. It's disgusting. And don't tell me you haven't had it your way. Don't tell me that. Oh no! If you put it with this, that, and the, yeah, and I, I've tried it enough times to know it is vile and disgusting and unedible to me. So anything cauliflower based, including cauliflower, hard pass. Andy, I love cauliflower. Do you really? Yeah, I, I, do you it, also like eating buckets of sand? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. You know. Medium. <laughs> Take my sand medium <laughs> with my drink cheese and a bucket of sand. That scene in Raising Arizona when Nick Cage is with his cellmate and the guy's going, when there was no meat, we ate fowl. When there was no fowl, we ate crawdads. And we ate, when there was no crawdads, we ate sand. And there's this pause. Nick Cage goes, you ate what? Goes, you ate sand. You ate sand? 
I like cauliflower. Like roasted cauliflower, I mm. think is so good. As far as the the mm. taste replication factor, I don't know if cauliflower is good. I think in terms of trying to get maybe a certain degree of texture or like a certain degree of just solidity, like solid. But cauliflower is a very specific taste. I think yes, it's going to be it difficult is. to make cauliflower mirror other things. Yeah. I just you just have to like the taste of it. Taylor, cap. I like cauliflower, but it needs to stay in its lane. Uh, this trying to emulate other foods needs to stop. Big cauliflower is trying to trick you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, conspiracy. So a lacrosse player. Um, what about you? Oh, I hate cauliflower. No, Good thank for you. you. I, I was definitely on the side of, yeah, if it's cauliflower, yeah. count me out of it. Um, so a lacrosse goalie uh, scored uh, in an NCAA, NCAA game. And so there's a debate going around on Twitter about it saying if a goalie scores, it should count for two points in any sport. If it's a goalie scoring, it should count for two points. Uh, so that's just, that's my statement. If a goalie scores, it should count for two points. Travis, fat or cap? Um, cap. I'm trying to hockey, soccer, lacrosse. What other sports have goalies? That's pretty much it. That's it. Okay. So I mean, no, no. I it's weird. Like a hockey goalie will score maybe once a season, probably even less than that. Like Martin Brodeur. Would get one occasionally, but it's a very specific set of circumstances. Would it be an open net? It's, it's, very, a, it's, they but it's also the a very difficult thing side. to do. It, it is. It is for sure. But and no, I, sports are the sports. Let's the goalie or anybody else. Won. Okay, I don't watch lacrosse, and I, I don't know any of the rules or whatever or how it's played. Did the goalie leave its own goal and like run down to the other side of the field? To no, score? he can't. He came out just a little bit more than usual and just flung it and like like had a bullet and got in. I was, feel do you, like that should be worth two points. That sounds pretty awesome. Stupid Stupid question. Does do you pull the goalie in lacrosse if you're behind like you do in hockey? I actually don't know the answer to that, but I don't think of the lacrosse games I've seen, I haven't seen anybody. Okay, because if goalie. it's a pulled goal, I, I agree with Travis. Yeah. Not as impressive. If you do that, basically one end to the other yeah. with an entire Talk me into it. entire field of other players out there, you got to navigate through that and get past the goalie. That could be worth two points, just degree of difficulty alone. I'll buy that. You, you turn me around. Taylor? Cap, except for in foosball. Foosball, goalie shot, needs to be two. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if it's a goalie in soccer, it's punting, and you get into the goal. But then it also would change the aspect of the game, where then the goalie might be trying to push and to get to goal. It's a bad points. strategy. But is it yeah. when the goalie scores in soccer, which happens occasion not very it's, it's less rare than lacrosse but right. it's still but really it's almost always because the opposing goalie has made a terrible error yes it isn't paying attention right. or it, like or it's way like, out of position yeah yeah, yeah. you shouldn't get paid double because someone else is dumb <laughs> it feels like it's not the right way to do it all right we'll go back to adam silver um he had an interesting take on load management and players not playing, and he's basically saying this is not necessarily just an NBA problem, and I think he's on to something. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Matthew Pelosi reminded me very, very uh, <laughs> clearly that. Yeah, water polo does have a goalie. I for- completely forgot to mention it. That's your game. I know, but the goalie does score more often in water polo, so I don't think it should count as two because the the score the, the um, court field pool is the pool is smaller short. and er. almost everybody can throw it across the pool. If you're playing at that level, you can throw it across the pool, and usually at the end of a regulation or end of a quarter, people are taking shots. You played water polo? I didn't know that. I played water in college, and I coached here for a year. That's a hard sport. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's really hard, and you know, I think if I hopped in right now, I probably would be really out of shape doing it. But it was a really fun sport to so, play. It's my understanding too that like, in, once you get into the I guess sort of the equivalent of a scrum in water polo, bad stuff happens. Yeah, like, there's, people get there, vicious. There's pulling. There's tugging. There's a lot of things that go down. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, scars that get left on you from um, being really close to people. It's kind of really screwed up when you think about the whole drowning factor. Yeah, I was going to say, you're in a pool. You're not rolling around on a grass field yeah. or wrestling. It's you're, you're wrestling in the water. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, yeah. I've heard stories from Marcellus or from DeMarco or Key about, like, you know, in the scrum, you got people, like, gouging at eyes. Squeezing. Squeezing. <laughs> like, that's all bad, but at least you can breathe the whole time. Like... There's a drowning factor. Yeah, there's the splashing. The water gets in your mouth. Like people would splash you, and you can get like it's kind of equivalent, I guess, icing or whatever. But like it's it's that stuff. I the worst part was when I would get Charlie horses while swimming, and I couldn't continue on because my my legs wouldn't work. I, they both get Charlie Oof. horses, and I had to get out of the game. I decided at a relatively young age that contact not for Travis. <laughs> I'm, I'll stand over here and throw this. I'll stand over here and shoot this. I, you guys can go slam into each other over there. I, I, it's really not for me. I played football. And- in high school growing up i loved it you can have it you, I, i'll watch you right I, I love watching it but uh when the guy running across the middle gets dropped or the guys that are basically in like 75 five second fist fights over the course of two hours not for me no, i get it not not really my cup of tea uh let's see here if your goalie scores it means your game is a joke if they score often your sport is a joke like lacrosse that's from james zuber Harsh. I don't know if that's necessarily true, James. I don't have a, a strong take on lacrosse. It seems like it's hockey, which I like, only without the skating. So seems all right to me. Seems hard. I mean, if nothing else, it seems like a hell of a workout. Yeah, there's running and there's hitting it. Like you've got to wear a helmet. Something's happening out there. That ball's hard. <laughs> it goes really fast. It seems like there's some stuff that could happen. I, I do believe that we've kind of the, the sports that have been around for a while football basketball baseball hockey lacrosse these things that are you know soccer that are you know we've we figured out how to score these things we've figured out that very rarely is a scoring change something that has to happen you see it in basketball occasionally but it's like they're very incremental we're not gonna just say you know what how about if the goalie scores it's worth two well ten. here's the thing though if you want to change the rules in lacrosse for that goalie score it's fine with me i'm not gonna be watching anyway so it, it doesn't matter to me if you like hurt the purity or integrity of the game. I won't know it happened. <laughs> I'm just grading on what sounds cool. I I do like that. I do like just the idea. Of, you know, just yeah. I'm, I if you tell me the scores twenty five to ten and they're all counted by ones, you have my attention. If if it's, they're counted by five, we're, we're not doing. It. We're not going to break down lacrosse anymore. We're we're going to move on. <laughs> this was a breakdown. <laughs> well, I, speaking of speaking of, and we, I, I want Greg to come in here. We'll do this on the other side. You, I saw a tweet that you sent out that you still don't know the rules of pickleball. No, that you need to be. Um, Educated? I've seen pickleball played yes. once. Once. That's it. Like on YouTube? Um, I was at a park with my daughter because she wanted to practice some volleyball stuff, 
and it was a park in Beverly Hills that happens to have like a net and a sand area and stuff. And there's also pickleball courts. So I happened to peek in and see a little pickleball. Were they any good? Was was it fast or slow? I have no idea. I don't. I, I have nothing to compare it against. Okay. Was the ball going ping, 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 or was it going ping, ping, ping? Somewhere in between. <laughs> okay. Because the pickleball that I've witnessed with my own two eyes is ping, ping, ping. The pickleball that I've seen on YouTube is ping, 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 ping. That looks fun and awesome. The one, the parts that I've participated in, a little bit less fun and awesome. Yeah, but if you're just starting out, ping, <laughs> ping, probably feels like ping, 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 ping. It, it, it does. There's there's running and cutting involved, so there's uh, there's some cardiovascular less, elements less to this. your bag. That are, I, I'll be honest, it is super fun but the the way that the real people play it looks more fun you know what you know what i used to play growing up all the time i've only played a few times as an as an adult because you need to be able to get access to it but it's in the the racket sport racquetball awesome racquetball is so much fun why did racket again this is a generational thing of our generation why was racquetball in like the late seventies and early eighties? The, there wasn't a there's was a racquetball club like there are gas stations. Yeah. there was one. Yes. everywhere you went, there was a racquetball club. Why? Why? And why did it go away? Well, as far as the rise, I would imagine that it had something to do with the tennis boom because that was a huge era in tennis, like late seventies, early eighties. Yep. The fashion in terms of the world of exercise in the late seventies, early eighties fit well with the fashion of racquetball. You had your headbands, your yep. leg warmers, goggles, goggles <laughs> shorts, like that sort there, of thing. Was there a glove involved in racquetball? I think only if you were really serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look, I love gear. Like if there's a piece of gear, give it to me. So I probably had the glove. I and, think Logan Roy plays racquetball in succession at one, does one he? time. My guess would be it was squash. Squash. I, oh yeah. Because yeah. I just rewatched the series and I knew he yeah. did an indoor racket sport. Squash was, was racket long like this or short like that? I it's squash. Remember. The Roy's would be squash. <laughs> squash is wealthy racquetball. Yes. That that's really at the end of the day. It's like, the same thing, right? It, Virtually. Well, yes, except the people that I ever saw playing squash were all really rich. <laughs> yeah. UVA is a squash team. So yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go. Makes sense. That, that tracks. <laughs> to wit. I bet you Duke is very good at squash. I well, I actually or I think Brown. they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> Brown would be Harvard, Yale, like yes. Uh, those I are, don't know. CSUN probably doesn't have a squash team. No, maybe. C- I don't know. Maybe not a squash court. <laughs> it just seems unlikely. But yeah, racquetball, as far as the demise, I don't know. Because it is fun. It it's, still exists. I, I, but I mean, I, it was I a craze. I can't explain it to you. It was There was a racquetball club everywhere, and joining racquetball clubs was like a status symbol and you had access to this club and I you'd have to go remember you'd go play outside without the back wall it was for the people who couldn't afford squash and by the way playing racquetball without that back wall outside that doesn't really work no it does not the back wall is an important part of it here's to let you know how racquetball was in the zeitgeist like I can think of multiple movies off the top of my head that featured racquetball scenes like big splash Big. Yeah. Um, I believe Fatal Attraction had a racquetball yes. scene. Like racquetball was huge. They played in it the in 80s. Loot. I don't know if you know that show. It was on Apple TV Plus. But yeah, they played racquetball in that. Or actually, maybe it's squash. And I'm, I'm confusing it again. I've just decided that I have a new goal for the Travis and Sliwa show. And Emily, it involves you. I really want there to be a series somewhere that you have not 
not seen. I know you haven't seen He's everything not heard of. that you like. I don't know what that is. Like, I really want that to happen because every time she's like, there's this series on this platform that's this. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea. It has like, to be a modern one because I think there's some ones from like the back, like in the 70s that I wouldn't be aware of. Well, sure. No, no. I, I'm not saying that you need to be abreast of the Rockford Files. <laughs> I, I understand that, that that isn't something that you need to know about. Right. I did that for your dog, by the Thank way. Thank you, Bobo. <laughs> he looks like James Garner. Yes, but it has to be a modern, a, a present day yeah. series that I haven't heard. Yeah, of. I'm, I'm completely unaware of that. That's a sentence I would like to have. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go to the most bizarro platforms and try to start looking for things. I would though. I would like to know. I would like to know. You can hit us up on Twitter at Cam Brothers, at Travis Rogers, at Emily Hebel. Does anybody know what happened to racquetball yeah. like, a, as a culture? Why did racquetball go away? There was like people would hang out at the at the club. Oh, after absolutely, and have beers. It was I, like I a, was, it was a social thing as much as it was a sport. When very I very bizarre. When I was like nine or ten, I was in a racquetball league. Yeah. Well, I was never in a league, but the, I remember we joined the Y at one mm-hmm. point. I was probably I don't know maybe junior high something like that. And one of the big selling points of the local Y was they had racquetball courts, mm-hmm. and not just one or two, but they had like six racquetball courts. So you're very likely to get on it. And then the racquetball, I, I don't I know. I just found an I'd article like that was the rise and fall of racquetball in the United States. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I want to read that. I want to, right, I want to know you. why the fall happened. Yeah, I mean, because it is, it is really fun. It's a great workout. Like, you don't have to be maximum athleticism to be able to be good at it. Like or at least to enjoy it at the very least. No, it's you. You know what? That's a really good point. Some of those things that are really good are things that you don't have to enjoy golf. I think you at least have to be comp to be able to get the ball in the air. Yeah, to be able to. Advance it gets frustrating otherwise. It's terribly. You don't have to be good to play racquetball or tennis. Just hit it back to the other person, and it becomes a good time. Like they're they're that's a huge part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really fun sport that anybody can play. We should we should after we're done with our movie. Well, we're gonna have a we're gonna be swimming in cash. <laughs> we are going to relaunch when that thing that you found the rise and fall of racquetball. It's going to be the rise, fall, and resurrection Ooh. of racquetball. Okay. due to Travis and you Andy. know how Clutch has gotten into the pickleball thing. Like LeBron now owns uh, a pickleball team. Like their pickleball leagues picking up. Yep. Maybe we can start to just generate excitement about racquetball in the Southland. Rich Paul happens to be listening one time. Wheels start turning. LeBron's not going to be playing forever. I have an idea where we're going to cross the streams. Okay. I have I our two good ideas have just become one amazing life altering humanity existence altering racquetball idea. Racquetball playing monkey. Stand by. <laughs> Travis Andy 710 ESPN.